0: Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke large crowds were traveling with Jesus and he turned and said to them whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother wife and children brothers and sisters yes and even life itself cannot be my disciple whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple for which of you intending to build a tower does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it otherwise when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish all who see it will begin to ridicule him saying this fellow began to build and was not able to finish or what king going out to wage war against another king will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000 if he cannot then while the other is still far away he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace so therefore none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Speak to you in the name of God, who is Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Have you ever gone back and looked at your senior quotation? I don't know if everybody had that tradition, or... uh, or how long that has gone on. Uh, My school was small enough so that we had them with our senior portraits in our yearbook, a little quotation we left behind as we said goodbye to high school, some bit of wisdom or inspiration that we might show of what we have become, a little bit of a window into our souls at that time. Those of us who took such things seriously, anyway, some went for a laugh or to show how too cool for school they were. A lot of them, honestly, these days, a couple decades later, are a little cringe. I think mine was a Grateful Dead lyric. (laughs) I think that instinct is good, though, that stays with us throughout life, to leave a mark, to have mattered to a place or a community of which one was a part. And if one loves their community, they also want to see it continue in health and growth and well-being. Our passage from Deuteronomy This morning is I sort of think of it as Moses's senior quotation it's his one last time George Washington with Hamilton duet if I say goodbye the nation learns to move on it outlives me when I'm gone Deuteronomy of course is the fifth book of the Pentateuch of the Torah and it consists of speeches and acts of Moses reflecting on israel's past and anticipating its future as they prepare to enter the promised land which they will have to do without moses the prophet of prophets to guide them moses is seeking to equip and instruct israel in ongoing life as a covenant people so they may continue to walk in god's ways he sums his instruction up today as we approach the end of the book I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. Love God and walk in his ways. Observe the commandments, stay faithful as covenant people and life and growth and prosperity will be yours. The other path, not good. Moses has walked with his people through the wilderness even now into this second generation of Israelites. He has expounded and shared the law, the Torah, which God revealed to him, and he has given it to God's chosen people to carry forward. He knows his time is short and he wants to leave a clear guidepost for his people. Seems easy enough on paper from this small snippet. Just ask yourself before a decision, does this choice lead to life or death? Does it keep my covenant with God? Of course, knowing Where the history of Israel goes from there, and not to mention perhaps the experience of our own lives, clearly gets a little more complicated. No, making decisions is often as not more influenced by our feelings and other irrational things even when we would wish it otherwise. And in our wisdom, in our circumstances, we perhaps sometimes underestimate the importance of some choices, overestimate others, and things like anxiety and fear shrink us down into tribalism, into that old lizard brain. As the saying goes, people hurt people hurt people. I'm sure you've seen at least one. There are so many at this point, but uh, I was a big fan of the X-Men and Spider-Man growing up, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe has continued those stories and has gotten pretty good about giving its villains At least partially sympathetic reason for becoming villains of course there are some who are fully into the under the thrall of evil but many times they are rarely just bad guys for the sake of being bad guys they're either reacting to traumas they've experienced or they make desperate or thoughtless or selfish decisions and because in these stories they have superpowers instead of just being toxic people they level cities How many times have I snapped at those I love most after my own feelings got hurt? Enough to make me grateful that I don't shoot lasers out of my eyes. (laughs) I most recently saw Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness recommend. I'll try to keep this spoiler free, but the antagonist thinks that they are acting out of love. They have been hurt, they acknowledge but they believe they are motivated by love and they think this justifies the movie rampages they go on, even if it hurts people outside of the scope of their love. By the end, they are confronted. They are made to see the pain that they are causing others is not unlike that which was inflicted upon them. And the supervillain has an opportunity to repent and atone. And I'll leave you to watch the movie to find out which they choose but in this day and age of interconnectivity of however many billions of we humans going about our lives and our planet and the planet bumping up against one another sometimes I can't even tell how my choices my voting my purchasing my little sphere of influence and the way I live my life affects the greater good of those around me it's just too complicated sometimes I can though and I make my choice I hope more often than not, the things I do reflect the love of God and of neighbor. Because for Anglican Christians, for followers of Jesus, this is our path of life. We aren't the people of Israel, but we too have had life and death set before us. We too have a way. And that way is not just a set of commandments, but a person. Jesus Christ. Who marked that path. And of the saints in faith who have marked that path for us by their own attempts to follow it there's a hope and a wisdom there the wisdom of regular prayer of dwelling in scripture of studying the saints the lives of those saints before us it all jives with what we know of science about the brain's neuroplasticity that new habits build new pathways it's certainly so for our spiritual plasticity That with the habits of faithful practice, we may stand a better chance of staying on that path that is godly, that path that is life-giving for ourselves and those around us for the choices that we do make. Of course, most of us realize pretty quickly that it's also more complicated, that making good choices means we might think only good things will happen, and we see that that doesn't seem to be the case. This terrible situation with Liza Fletcher brushes that notion aside. What does it matter then, the choices we make, good choices, if bad things still happen to good people? There's no easy answer to one of the most difficult questions for people of faith to wrestle with. What I cling to, and at times, difficult to remember sign of the right path is that there is often more hope hidden there than I always notice or remember on my own. When it's too complicated, too sad, too scary, when I seem so far away in the wilderness that I might never find my way back, at some point, pray God the Holy Spirit will give me a nudge, whether through another person. A brother and sister in Christ some angel I'll be reminded to remember that the story is always about God's faithfulness not my own I try we try to do better to pursue holiness and I think that's important and critical and keeps our lives full of life but God knows we are only human and God makes provision God sets away for us. Earlier in Deuteronomy chapter 30, Moses says, even, even if you are exiled to the ends of the world, from there the Lord your God will gather you, and from there he will bring you back. Moreover, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul in order that you may live. God has given us the way, but God will mark our hearts and souls when we cannot go it alone ourselves. The way may be narrow, but Jesus is the gate. The prodigal will be welcomed back with joy, the penitent thief brought to paradise, the workers at the 11th hour paid full wages, There is no wilderness so wild that we can wander beyond God's care, beyond God's call for us. And even if things are as bad as they seem like they can be, we know that it's not the end because God finds a way. God is faithful. Despite poor choices and ingratitude, despite stubborn pride, despite violence, despite captivity, despite despair and loss, despite even death, the Lord our God will gather us to God's own heart.